As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seeker and or its affiliates are not responsible for any strange phenomena that may occur during or after listening to this podcast, which may include the following. Heightened senses of awareness, psychic abilities, UFO sightings, alien contact, time loss, out-of-body experiences, ringing in the ears, ESP, lucid dreaming, increased synchronicities, astral projection, telepathy, stronger intuition, levitation, miraculous healings, and or remote viewing. Please be advised to listen at your own discretion. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Truth Seeker. This is the Truth Seeker Podcast. Excited and delighted to be with you guys. As always, we've got a beautiful show lined up for you. We're going to be exploring consciousness and your your conscience. And is there a difference between the two? Is it the same thing? The, the words sound similar. What is it? You know, we, we hear people use those terms interchangeably. We're going to get specific today. We're going to talk about achieving your goals. We're going to talk about how to tap into the flow. And all of those things that you see just beyond your reach and how they're really right in front of you and their steps and keys 
in order to unlock that. There's things that you could do right now today to manifest the dream life that you have for yourself. The dream life is the vision of yourself that you see in your mind's eye. That just seems so far out of reach. There's something that you can do today. We're going to talk about it. That's been on my heart uh, a lot lately. And today's guest is uh, an expert in that field. So it's going to be really good. I want to say a huge thank you to everybody supporting my work via Patreon. This is a listener supported, listener funded show. Doesn't exist without your help. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for believing in my work and partnering with me and being co-creators in this great work. Thank you. It means the world. I just came out with a new album white magic i just finished it up it will be available to everyone who has pre-ordered it you're going to get the email after this podcast and uh and you'll have that um several weeks before it's available to the general public everybody who has pre-ordered and everybody who is supporting on patreon is going to be uploaded there as well only thing i ask of you guys who get it early don't re-upload it don't put it on youtube and all that stuff it's for you it's between me and you it's our little secret right so make sure you check that out at truthseeker.com or on Patreon. If you'd like to support, go to patreon.com backslash truthseeker. Again, there you get access to my entire discography of music, 200 plus songs that talk about everything that we talk about on this podcast. They're uh, married together. They uh, complement one another. And so if you're interested in these topics, you'll definitely be interested in my music. And for those of you who are interested in the music, you'll be interested in the podcast where we get to explain these concepts. So uh, make sure you check it out. You get access to our Thursday night School of the Mystics, which is the community aspect to what we're building here. Uh, we just hang out, roll ideas and questions off of one another, uh, get into some prayer, meditation, breath work, all that cool stuff. And just knowing that you have uh, like-minded people that uh, that believe in you and, and want the best for you and having that online community with people from all over the world is amazing. So you get access to that. All of my guided meditations breathwork sessions on sunday mornings that's available as well so check it out patreon.com backslash truth also in november we have a retreat coming up with myself and illuminati congo in mobile alabama we have as of today september the 16th we have uh six slots left and uh, first come first serve it is um um uh, for boys and girls so uh we usually have done men's retreats, but we we open them up every now and then for uh, both. So if you want to get in on, on that, there is no limitations there. Um, we're going to be doing kundalini yoga, breath work, hiking through the forest. Um, we're going to do cacao ceremony, uh, shamanic snuff and uh, rape ceremony for those of you who wish to participate, CE5. And uh, we just have a beautiful time in connecting with each other in the flesh and so i've always had a blast doing it with with my community and uh now we have illuminati congo uh joining us as well and so he's a powerhouse and somebody that i look up to and uh it's going to be a blessing to have him with us so that's available uh september the 26th we're starting my uh, eight-week program the path of the healer for those of you who want to be trained in doing online coaching intuitive healing one-on-one sessions and really just stepping out and activating your dreams and and most of you are already that stuff it's not like you're going to become you already are and so we just kind of uh, hold your hand through the process and and uh, show you the things on the back end of, of how to uh, take phone calls, how to book sessions, how to uh, get your, your name out there, your services out there in front of people to let, to let them know what you do, whether that's a podcast, website, blog, um, going on other people's podcasts, all that stuff. So make sure you tap in with that. All of that info is at truthseeker.com. Make sure you check it out. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and j- jump into today's discussion. My guest today is Leonard 
Pearl Mutter, I said it. Pearl Mutter, Leonard, welcome to the Truth Seeker Podcast, my friend. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. Good to have you, man. Um, a lot of the subjects that you bring to the table, it's almost like every discussion, every podcast that I've been doing, of kind of like peering a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper into those questions and what is this and what is that. And I'm a big fan of uh, syncretism, you know, of studying world religions and having my own faith and, and seeing how they're not that far um, apart. We're usually saying the same things, but we have different words for it. But the religions are married to those words. And so I'm going to explore today and roll some ideas off of you and, and get your thoughts on it. So I'm excited for that. Um, you have a new book out and talking about unlocking the keys to working with your your, your conscience and, and, and breaking that down. So we're going to dive into that. But uh, for people who don't know who you are and what you bring to the table, just kind of give a quick overview of of who you are, why you're here, and then we'll, we'll start from there. Well, uh, I've always been very philosophically oriented since a, uh, a little child, and I've also been very practical. And so uh, that's just the way that I, I see the world. Uh, as a, uh, a young kid, I, I joined Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. And I enjoyed uh, uh, learning through that experience because they taught practical skills on how to live life and how to deal with uh, things. I remember uh, distinctly that the motto from scouts was be prepared. So I once asked my scoutmaster, be prepared for what? And he looked at me and said, how would I know? <laughs> That's the whole point, that life is a thrill a minute. And unless we have the, the skill set, the tools to deal with all the variety of relationships that come and the demands that come, uh, we're going to make uh, poor choices and we're going to experience some form of pain. And so uh, I began, like you, I think, uh, looking at other traditions, other uh, religions, uh, cultivating uh, my own personal practice. And I think, like you, I discovered that the essential core of every spiritual tradition, every religion, is all the same. Yes, different words, different concepts, but as you know, words are just pointers. They're an attempt by one human being to communicate something to another human being. Hey, uh, I've experienced something. Have you experienced something similar to this? And what do you call it? And what have been your experiences? So the lineage from which I teach is called Bharati, which is the lovers of knowledge. It's the oldest continuous spiritual and meditation lineage on the planet. The educational body of knowledge that it carries with it, that I teach, uh, is the origin of every religion and every spiritual tradition. So I'm very honored, I'm very humbled to be in service to it, as I am very honored and humbled to be here today for you and your audience. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you again. Um, everything that you just said, that's what this podcast is, is for, is about on my personal pursuit. You know, I um, um, started out listening to a lot of teachers and lectures and 
Coast to Coast AM was uh, on a lot for me when I was a truck driver and I would just listen to hours of people share these stories about the supernatural, the paranormal, abilities of the mind and things like that. And and I and I would have questions as I'm listening. And um and and it seems like the the host wouldn't ask those questions. He'd let them say something and just kind of brush over. It was like, wait, wait, wait. What what did those beings look like? What when you close your eyes to meditate, like what was the process of you leaving your body? You it's not instant. And so I would write these questions down and then reach out to the the guest myself and say, Hey, I started a podcast and I'd love to have you on. And these big name people who were experts in their field would come on and talk to me back in 2010, 2011, 12, 13. And and I was really hungry for truth and it wasn't real you know, well read or, or polished at the time but um i really had questions and i got to pick their brain and literally it's like what you're saying hey i had a similar experience what was your experience with it and when we start hearing things and other people's testimonies about consciousness about whatever aliens religion it doesn't matter um we understand that everybody has a piece of the puzzle and that picture that we're trying to to see become it becomes more clear in front of us when everybody brings their picture a piece of the puzzle to the table and we see the picture so being able to have people on and and doing that as a truth seeker you know just like most people listening to this would consider themselves it's uh you got to ask questions and from and honestly the tradition I'm from it was just just western christianity charismatic christianity you're discouraged from asking questions and if they're too deep or you, you'll you'll know that when you die, brother, you'll find out when you get to heaven. And it's like that's not enough for most people. There's a, that question and that longing, that passions within you for a reason. How does those those questions work with your conscience? Because um, like we have a GPS system within us and we seek outside. But we don't never go within, you know, Jesus taught that the kingdom of heaven is within and and uh, and we can go within to experience the cosmos. And even the term I mentioned, leaving your body, it's it's fantasy. It's it's sexy, if you will. But it's it's more of going within to get without. And, uh, and we don't need anything outside of ourselves. And I think that that's what the core of what a lot of these traditions teach. But the religions teach us different. You know, the the teachers of these traditions taught one thing, but misconstrued of come here partake of this knowledge or this book to learn and to gain wisdom but we understand that gnosis is wisdom through experience like living life right can you talk a little bit about that just you mentioned making wrong decisions over and over which is the best teacher if you learn i learn you learn a lot of people learn not everybody does though can you just speak to that i certainly can your conscience is a gift from Providence which separates us from all other animals. I know most people don't like to admit this, but human beings are animals. Yeah. But we're clever animals, and there's something that separates us from all other species of animals, and that is that the human being has a conscience. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, this is one of the four major functions of our mind, which is critically important. Because even though the conscience speaks only in whispers, it is the only function of the mind that can discriminate, determine, judge, and decide what's to be done and what's not to be done. And when we use our conscience, We know that we feel pretty darn good. When we don't, we don't feel so well. And a lot of times we feel the heaviness of guilt. So the conscience is really uh, the key to everything that everyone is looking for. But we have to use it consciously. We have to be awake. We can't be on autopilot. Because when we're on autopilot, we're only skimming the surface of consciousness. And we're not able to go deep into that ocean to find the jewels that are waiting for us that will enable us to fulfill the purpose of our lives without pain, without misery, and without bondage. And I think that everybody, or many, many, many people, have had this intuition that it seemed when we were young that we have different voices in our mind. And as it turns out, we have different voices in our mind. <laughs> But the only voice, which is a quiet, whispering type of a voice, is the conscience. It's not loud. It's not pushy. It's not overbearing. It brings the truth from the center of consciousness. What does that mean? The conscience operates just like a mirror. Okay, so a mirror has reflective quality. So too does the conscience. But the conscience has the capacity to reflect the truth, the perfect truth for me in this particular relationship that I find myself and the conscience reflects that truth from the super conscious portion of the mind. Well, what's the super conscious portion of the mind? Well, it lies beyond the conscious, beyond the unconscious portions, at the center of consciousness. It's the same portion of the mind that Albert Einstein tapped into. It's the same portion of the mind where Paul McCartney 
hears, hears beautiful melodies. It doesn't mean that I'm going to become a songwriter. It doesn't mean that anyone of you who is listening is going to become a physicist. What it does mean is that if we can quiet the other voices in our mind so that we can listen to the whispers of the conscience, which in Christianity might have been once called the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. But again, words are just pointers. And we have to rediscover the truth for ourselves within this paradigm, within this time, and these unique relationships that no human beings have ever, ever had to deal with. So the key, from my experience, is the quiet voice of the conscience. And my work in every relationship is to coordinate the other functions of the mind that we can talk about in a few minutes, which are the ego, the senses, and the unconscious portion of the mind. Just by mentioning those phrases, and, and forgive me if I'm reading into this, but I'm a Bible guy. You know, I'm studied in the scriptures. That, that's my practice, and it means a lot to me. But I find that those words are interchangeable. And my own journey, again, just wanting to ask you because... Um, the Holy, you talk about these voices in your head and the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And that's still, you said still small voice. That's the Christians love that term. Listen to God's still small voice. Follow your gut feeling, your intuition, people would say. And that gut feeling, I've heard it's the, the same the, thing. It's the same thing. The term is, it's a Scandinavian term for, for God, your God feeling. God will lead you if you listen. Forget your circumstance, forget your situation, don't let that pull you, but what is your heart telling you? What is your conscience telling you? And if we listen, we can get the answers. And so um, with the terms you just mentioned, we can we can obviously keep going down that, that trail and I want to, but you talk about the five senses in, in logic, mm -hmm. uh, the unconscious, the conscious mind, which we're talking about, which is most likely the Holy Spirit, right? And then the ego. In my tradition, the ego would be, it would be a Satan or would, would play off of the adversary or want you to do, be safe. I'm trying to protect you. Don't step out or do, do what is going to satisfy you right now. Holy Spirit's like, no, wait, wait, wait till the end result. There's something greater. Don't back out. Don't abandon ship, like stick with it. Would, would these other uh, functions of the mind, do you think that biblically, would, would there be a personification at all? If you're, if you know those yes terms? Yes and no. Yes and no. I think that uh, uh, we suffer a great deal by the culture, whether it's uh, 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 the general culture or the culture of religions. We suffer by uh, uh, limited understanding of, of words and the meaning of them. So you used a very powerful word, Satan. And uh, ego, to me, is not Satan. Ego is one of the functions of the mind that has a very narrow perspective. Now, the ego can be correct. 
Right now, you and I are both using our healthy ego to communicate to one another. If we did not have a healthy ego, we would not be able to communicate. If we were going to drive a truck or an automobile, we would need a healthy ego. So they're not, the ego is not always wrong. But it's often wrong, but never in doubt. Why is it never in doubt? It's never in doubt because the ego is that function of the mind that is hardwired, hardwired to the reptilian brain. And the reptilian brain is all about self-preservation mm -hmm. and the intense fear of annihilation. Would, would a better word instead of the Satan, right? Satan may be a choice between good and evil kind of thing, Holy Spirit, God, devil, whatever. Would, would a better word for the ego, which is the one I usually use, is the fleshly nature that, that the scripture speaks about, the deeds of the flesh, yes. the instant it's always It's always supporting the animal. It's mm -hmm. always supporting the animal's choice. So I see the ego as always carrying a chainsaw on its hip. And every time it's in a relationship, it takes the chainsaw out and cuts the relationship in half and says, this is pleasant. I consider this good. Let's reprise it. Yeah. And the other half, this is unpleasant. I call it bad and I want to avoid it. Mm -hmm. But we already know from our limited perspective here on this planet, that which is pleasant is not always good for us. And that which is unpleasant is not always bad for us. Yeah. So how do we know? How do we know? Well, of course, 24-7, the conscience can tell us. That's why, for example, when I was a kid, I ate food that the ego loved. And don't you know, I was sick. <laughs> I was in pain. Now, I primarily look to eat food that loves me, that loves my instrument, that loves my eyes, my heart, my spleen, my pancreas, my liver, my joints, my brain, so that I can continue to be of service in the world. Yeah. Delayed gratification, which is something I've been on a lot. I've been teaching on the last three podcasts just intuitively. And I seen that you mentioned that delayed gratification because the ego is instant gratification, right? right? The the ego that's is right. what very I can animal. do now. Very animal. That's right. And that's what separates us. They they don't have a choice. A lot of people would think that they do, but like even my dog, if he's hurting and I touch an area on his body, like hey, are you okay? And I touch him, he's gonna try to bite me. Like. Right. I don't think he I think he loves me enough not to try to harm me, but that's just in his nature, his that's only right. way that he can communicate because his conscience hasn't elevated. It hasn't uh, it hasn't right. it hasn't had a transformation or an awakening because of experience. He hasn't learned to talk. He hasn't learned to formulate a sentence and tell me, hey, I'm hurting those kind of things. And in humans, like you said, like so a, a question I wrote down for you is, is enlightenment simply a transformation of your conscience there's more words that we get to use there's more ways for us to express ourselves and, and wait i don't have to lash out let me wait let me that that kind of thing which most most individuals don't do because 
they're just not there yet, you know. Um, I, if they, you know they, they have the ability, though, correct? Or the, is that something that evolves in that transformation, being born again, having a spiritual awakening and things like that? I believe that it, it's, a, it's a progressive journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't happen all at once, although if when it does happen all at once, there is something that has preceded it, a lot of work, uh, perhaps in lifetimes if people uh, believe in reincarnation. But uh, uh, definitely, there's, there's more work than just relying on the conscience, because at the present time, there's anarchy in the mind. There's conflict in the mind. Right now, the three other functions of the mind, namely the ego, the senses, and the unconscious mind, have been hijacking the bus for decades. Mm-hmm. And so one of our primary jobs, in addition to relying on the conscience, is to parent and train the ego, the senses, and the unconscious mind. It's to, to, it's to, to decipher, quiet right? Down, to quiet down and listen and serve the conscience simply for the sake of an experiment to see how it makes me feel. And that's in every that's in every situation. That's in every scenario. Every, that's that it's not relation. like every, every relation. it's not like every big thing that we because we we like to look at a big decision, a big thing. <laughs> but it it comes down to like you said, the food that I'm going to eat today. What am I going to eat today? And boom, here you go. You can eat this. This ice cream. Talk to a friend of mine the other day. He's like. I had ice cream and Oreos for breakfast. I was like, oh my God. Like, and, you're, and you're complaining about your weight. You're complaining about your health. And you had ice cream and Oreos? Come on. Like, that's a decision. Like, choose this day who you will serve. The, you have a salad for breakfast, even though it's not instant gratification. It's delayed because you're going to feel great. You're going to feel great when your body gets that spinach and and uh, you're, your mind's going to work better. Like, there's a lot of things so instead of looking at it as big life changing decisions where I made the right choice, we bring it into right now. And so that brings us really very logically to the second function of the mind, which are the senses of sight and smell and taste and hearing and touch. Our mind extrudes, projects our creative energy through the eyes, the nostrils, the mouth, the ears, the hands, and the feet, to go out into the material world. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To look and smell and taste and hear and touch in an attempt to find some object, some objects, some relationships that are going to bring me happiness and bring me security and bring me health. Mm -hmm. And so really, for the vast majority of human beings, we have become addicted to extruding our creative energy in ways that are on unwise because we we waste a tremendous amount of of creative energy searching after rainbows that never exist and even if they did exist they wouldn't bring us what we were really looking for lasting happiness lasting security lasting joy so it's a little bit analogous to squeezing a tooth tube of toothpaste When we squeeze the tube of toothpaste, it's pretty easy to squeeze it, and out comes the toothpaste. But have we ever contemplated how we would act if we were asked to put, or if we needed to put the toothpaste back into the tube? Well, it's virtually impossible. It's the same with our creative energy. Once it goes out through our eyes, our our nostrils, our mouth, our ears, our hands, and our feet, it's spent. It's just like you know, uh, taking uh, uh, money out of the bank. We've we've already uh, uh, depleted that uh, portion of our creative energy. So we need to parent the senses to know what's to be done and what's not to be done. And to do that, we need to create small little experiments for the senses that are not going to be threatening. Same for the ego. And the third function of the mind that we haven't uh, discussed yet is the unconscious. This is the storehouse of everything that you and I and every other human being believes is going to help us with self-preservation. It's all of our memories that are important to self-preservation and our imaginations to Mm self-preservation. And the the ego, the senses, and the unconscious mind, as I mentioned earlier, only have limited perspectives. But they're all individually and collectively loud and pushy. Mm -hmm. And And their noise overwhelms the small, quiet voice of the conscience. So it's very analogous to the same issue that scientists and engineers have when they're dealing with a signal that the decibel level is very low, and yet we want to 
listen to it, but we can't because the noise is too powerful. What do they do? Well, they can't accentuate and they cannot increase the decibel level of the signal, but what they can do is diminish the noise. And by coordinating the ego senses and unconscious mind in service to a seemingly insignificant no-brainer of an experiment, the ego senses and unconscious mind have a pleasant experience. And they begin to trust me. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they begin to see that change is not a death to their identity. It is rather growth. Will it then begin to allow more experiences and more right choices and those kind of things as it get, as the ego learns That's patterns right. and repetition? The ego learns and the senses learn and the unconscious mm -hmm. learns. This is no longer their uh, perspective. It's this. And with another experiment, it's, it's even more so yeah. and even more so. So we don't want to get rid of the ego. We want to expand the ego until the ego increase, uh, the ego reflects all and excludes none, which is what? G-O-D. That's good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to jump to a quick break. We'll be right back after this. I got a lot more questions for you, brother. It's going to be good. Thank you, guys. We'll be right back. Wow. So the throne room meditation, man, uh, this was just like a new level for me of creating encounter. Uh, really, the process behind it is going in for myself, having an encounter with the Lord, tapping into the spirit and getting in his presence and really just petitioning the father's heart and saying, God, what would you say to them? If I'm bringing these people with me here, if they're doing this guided meditation and we're going through this journey, we're having fun, we're seeing things, we're experiencing new feelings and emotions and sensations, what would you say to them? So it's channeling the Father's heart and relating it back to the people. So man, it's just a beautiful encounter. And um, I remember when I wrote the first one, um, I was so excited about it and it was just God speaking to my heart. I was able to channel the Father's heart and um, I would read the script to people because I was just so excited while I was working on it. And every time that I would just read the script, the presence of God would just invade me and I just burst into tears and I couldn't even read it. I'm just like, let me copy and paste it and send it to you. But every time I listen to it, I'm immediately translated back into the throne room of God and uh, everything's good there. That's the place where everything is okay where in the scriptures it says that we are to hide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is the throne room of God. This is the place that we can encounter for ourselves, but this is also a place in which we dwell. So a part of us is always there, and we have access to that. Now there's people who have never encountered this before in their life, and it's a totally new experience for them. And almost every time I get a testimony back from someone, they just say how God wreck their lives, that they didn't know what they were getting into. Next thing they know, they're in the presence of God, wrapped up in His glory. He's communicating His love to them, and it just totally wrecks their lives. So make sure you check out the throne room, guided meditation, visualization that I brought to the table.
There are things that go bump in the night. Pull up a chair. Don't be scared. For you have many friends unaware. On the Truth Seeker Podcast. Truth Seeker Podcast! Truth Seeker. Truth Seeker. He seems like a nice guy. You're listening to the Truth Seeker Podcast. Now, back to the show. This is it. Don't get scared now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with my guest today, Leonard Perlmutter. Leonard, to be clear, um, the four functions of the mind, right? And uh, a lot of people would would uh, say that the idea of the Holy Spirit or that still small voice, they would say that that is that your your conscience or is the super conscience wisdom speaking and always there and your conscience or your ego is what deciphers the message. So is it safe to say that the conscience is the Holy Spirit or your conscience is what receives the wisdom of Sophia, if you will? The latter. Okay. Right. Because the conscience is just, uh, uh, you know, part of the physical mind uh, and uh, it's, it's part of the hardware. But it has the capacity to go outside this matrix of this mind-body-sense complex and can receive perfect wisdom from the center of consciousness and reflect it into our conscious mind. Once it comes into our conscious mind, now we can use it. And we can use it primarily first to set up an experiment with the ego senses and unconscious mind so they can see the benefit of relying on the conscious. Can I, can I give you an example? Sure. So this is what I do. When, when I have a relationship, and every relationship is the same because a relationship means that I have to take an action. It could be a mental action, it could be a, a verbal action, or it could be a physical action. Regardless of the nature of the action that I take, when I take an action, it always brings about a consequence that's going to lead me in one direction or another. Okay? So when I have a relationship that requires an action that will bring about a consequence, I make an appointment. I make an appointment with the four functions of the mind. And I invite the ego, the senses, the unconscious mind, and the conscience and ask them to sit around the kitchen table. And I say to them, I'm sort of playing the role of the parent here. So I say, right now, we've just finished dinner. And we have an opportunity to brush our teeth. Could you please tell me, from your own personal, limited experience, what you think of that choice? Ego, why don't you start? And the ego looks at me and says, well, you know, that's not too pleasant as far as I'm concerned. I don't like it. So I vote no. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that, that perspective. Senses, how about you? Well, if I'm 100% uh, honest, the, the senses would say, uh, I enjoyed the meal. I really enjoyed uh, the dessert because I love apple pie. So for me, 
instead of brushing the teeth, I'd like to have a second piece of apple pie. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. And the unconscious, what, what's your perspective? Well, I'm with the other two. I vote no. Okay. Now, just for the sake of an experiment, we're going to ask each of you to sit at the kitchen table quietly and let's listen to the conscience and see what kind of super conscious wisdom it can reflect on this particular relationship. Conscience, would you please speak? Yes, the conscience says. And here's what the conscience might say. You know, everybody, that this life that we have is not a sprint. It's really more of a marathon. And for this marathon that we call life, we need strong teeth and we need strong gums and we need a strong immune system, healthy immune system. So right now we have an opportunity to enhance that immune system and our teeth and our gums. So let's do an experiment just for the sake of seeing how it makes us feel. And sure enough, because it's easy and it's not threatening, we all march to the bathroom, brush our teeth, and come back to the kitchen table. And I, as the parent, again, go through the four functions of the mind. Ego, how was that experience for you? Well, it certainly wasn't as bad as I had feared it would be. Actually, it was okay. Thank you. Senses? How about you? Well, I was really surprised, the senses say, because when the tongue glides over the teeth now, I don't feel that mossy feeling, and I like that. That's rather good to have clean teeth. So, I was appreciative. Unconscious mind, what do you say? Well, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. And so... So I'm making a friend mm -hmm. with the ego, senses, and unconscious mind. It's sort of like uh, uh, adopting a, a, a puppy dog that has been abused. Does I the, first have to, I have, they have to trust yeah, me. Yeah. Now, does the conscience always win? Because does the conscience always choose what is right or it knows what is right, even though you may choose the ego, you may choose unconscious. I don't want to think about this. I know it has consequences, but there's a step where we got to put those consequences out of our head to even allow us to move forward. Are there, is there scenarios where the others, we should pick the others or, or, or the conscience would tell you, yeah, go with the ego. Like how would that, would that work in that scenario or, con or conversation? The, the conscience would tell us if the ego is correct or incorrect. The ego uh, would tell us if a slice of, uh, excuse me, the conscience would tell us if the senses are correct that we need to experience a slice of apple pie. But with the, when, when the issue is the second slice of apple pie, the conscience might have a different uh, uh, opinion, you mm -hmm. see. Now, you mentioned this almost just a scenario and a practice that, that we can do. And we, we've done these before with, uh, with other other parts of the, our our psyche, if you will, name, just giving them names and allowing them to come forth and, hey, what are you doing? Why are you here? How are you helping? That kind of thing. And it's pretty powerful and profound experiences, and um, and I, I do think that a lot of uh, 
what we call exorcisms and casting out of demons come forth with these parts of the psyche that no longer serve you or really lower natures to when they personify and you can get them out kind of thing excluding that this scenario of sitting down at the table can that and does that happen this whole conversation in in a matter of a, a millisecond or a matter of a second is that because that depends, that depends on how long you've been practicing yeah just like uh, uh when we were uh, 14 15 or 16 and we learned to drive a by uh, uh, a uh, an automobile uh it wasn't a no-brainer uh, how do you turn the wheel to the left how do you turn the wheel to the right how do you stop this automobile how do you start this automobile how do you parallel park but now we have a global skill we don't have to think about it it's just a way of being and it's the same so we we need to experiment experiment continue to experiment and sometimes it's a little longer because maybe there's some emotionally charged issues involved here. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. fear or anger mm -hmm. or selfish desires. But there's, there are answers for that too because if I'm driving on the highway at, uh, at whatever the speed limit is and some uh, uh, maniac cuts me off going at 90, 95 miles an hour and I have to slam on my brake to avoid an accident, what comes forward from my unconscious mind? Oh, a flood of anger, a flood of anger. Okay, what am I going to do with this new relationship with anger? Mm -hmm. Am I gonna serve it? Because if I continue to serve it, hormones are gonna be surging through my entire body, poisoning me. Because anger, like fear and greed, are contractive and debilitating forces of energy. But I learned in fifth grade that energy cannot be created, nor can it be destroyed, but it can be transformed, can be transformed. So I'm here to say that anger, fear, and greed, if you have them in large quantity, it means that you are a rich human being. You are very wealthy. It's like having a gold mine in your backyard or an oil deposit in your backyard. But what we need is the refining capacity to transform it from a debilitating and a, and, and a contractive poisonous form of energy into an expansive, creative, energizing, form of energy and the methodology for that type of transformation is sacrifice we have to sacrifice that which the ego and the unconscious mind are attached to the anger sacrifice it back to the origin from which it has come what is the origin from which it has come there's only one origin of all and it's god no matter how you define that Mm -hmm. So you offer it back, and in the process of offering back, it's automatically transformed into strategic reserves of healing energy, an expansion of our willpower, and an increase in our capacity to access superconscious wisdom. So we become more creative mm -hmm. because we gave up 
the anger and it was transformed. It takes a lot of energy to uh, to allow your body to be a conduit of, of, of that, uh, those desires and you, you waste it. Like when people try to make you angry, like there's people who try to push your buttons and nothing that they do works. They get angry and, uh, you know, and, and maybe at a point in your life where somebody said something to you, called you out of your name, made fun of you on the Internet. It doesn't matter what it is. It's things that would have your ego's like, yeah, we told you that they're going to make fun of you. Maybe you should not do podcast anymore or at least turn your camera off so they can't see you. You know, these weird like, hold on. No, I'm going to. I like the camera. I like, you know, they like, no, we need this. We need to look in, look into the camera and speak to the audience. You know, it's like, there's all of these things that come into our head that burn up your energy. And so when those comments come, cause they, I still get them myself, you know? And whereas it might've crippled me cause I would have processed it. I would have carried it with me to deny it. You know, to be in denial, like, hey, those things don't bother me. Yeah, they do bother me. But I'm going to, like you said, give that to the creator. I'm going to give it, give that energy back to God. Because to act like it doesn't exist, you may still continue to carry it. But when you can channel you that, you can channel that. I, I look at that as, as a service to God and an offering. Like, I could carry guilt, shame, and condemnation, but I'm going to give it to you. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you grace and peace and joy and mercy that you can now show to those people who tried to take you out or tried to judge you or make fun of you. And in the end, if you pass the test, right, in this kind of school that we're in, a lot of times in the end, you end up being an example. You be you, you are an experiment to that person and don't even know it. You're a testimony of, wow, you don't have to lash out. You know, you don't have to fight someone or get in road rage and traffic or whatever just smile and wave boys keep going you know kind of thing but you let you let something outside of you dictate the way that you feel and that's not that's never the way to go right 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 so in our culture the culture defines that sacrifice to god as a denial oh i'm denying myself something pleasant that's not true. If you take a look at the word sacrifice, etymol etymologically, it comes from the Latin and the Italian. Sacrifaci. It's to make it sacred. Make this energy sacred that is contractive and debilitating and that is poisoning me. How do you make it sacred? You offer it back to the one, the one origin of all who will transform it into healing energy, willpower, and creativity that I can use at any time in any relationship. But I just want to uh, mention something that you raised that is critically important, and that is, what do I do when somebody criticizes me, tries to put me down? Mm -hmm. Well, there's two options. Either the criticism is correct, mm -hmm. and I was foolish, and I made a mistake, and this person is alerting me to that, and I can make a mid-course correction. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> the other option is they don't know what they're talking about, right? And any negativity then is in their mind. So God bless you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but I have no need for that suggestion. Yeah, there's um. Every everything is a teacher, right? Every every. Everything. And in, in, in school, we did, like you said, experiments. And yes. the teacher would 
give us experiments to do and we, wow so therefore everything and everyone if you're if you're conscious of it because to you maybe everything's an enemy but people that you know, don't believe like you so you have to transcend that ego and and learn through experience that listen everything is trying to teach the god consciousness the center of super conscious wisdom is trying to teach me through every thing in my life and i'm going to learn i'm a student now are that you know that it's a test because i have i i I, right. I i took the course material and now i'm being quizzed okay what that's do we do right. what do we do that's why i tell people that one of my greatest teachers in life has been elvis presley i fell in love with elvis presley when i was 10 years old i loved him when i was 20 30 40 50 i love him today because i loved him i gave a lot of attention to elvis presley because i gave a lot of attention to him I observed many of the choices that he made in his life, yeah. some of which were in conflict with my own inner wisdom. So in a real sense, I am very grateful to that teacher because in many ways he taught me what not to do. And he tried his best to model for me how not to act so that I don't have to touch every burner on the stove to know which is hot and which is not. Well, but he said, he said culture, don't be cruel, didn't he? That's right, don't be cruel. <laughs> that's right. He well, taught how, plenty of good things. How's, how's the quote go? I know it says like a, you know, a, a, a smart man will learn from his own mistakes, but a wise man will learn from the mistakes of others. Yes, that's true. And, and they're modeling for us and if we are aware of it, then we are meant to receive this teaching. But our culture says, criticize that person because they're, they're doing the wrong thing. They're stupid. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. Well, no, no, no. That's not the message. The message is learn from it. Yeah. What is there to learn in this situation? Right. If it's a good situation, a bad situation, um, I always ask myself that and because I, I feel like I'm I feel like there's something for me to learn in every phase in every conversation, no matter how I feel, especially if you want to get out of it. Like if you want it to change, what am I what did I do that got me here? If I do it again, it's going to get me here again, whether that's prison, whether that's prison of the own mind, um, you know, but it's responding. I th I think with love and 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 that is just being mindful of like, OK, what is the correct way to respond? I think that there is some ways that, that need a, a harsh rebuke or a stern talking to. It's e even though that is love and it's the best choice for the situation, but it's about being cognitive of that and just waiting. The highest, the highest principle uh, uh, is non-injury, non-harming mm -hmm. because every relationship is with ourselves. So if I am not uh, serving in a loving way, mm -hmm. uh, then that injury is going to come back upon me. If I give selflessly of myself, that too will come back and something will be added unto me yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who is, is, is God the orchestrator of this? Like something knows that we're going through this. There's synchronicities. We begin to learn. Is it, God, or is it just our conscience that's perceiving or consciousness perceiving what is and, and just 
true nature of reality of how things work. Like, is God like really know, knows our thoughts, or is it that we start knowing our thoughts, you know, and we start becoming well, aware? What's the difference? Yeah. What's the difference? What's the difference? There is no difference. Yeah. So God, this perfect reality, this perfect transcendent reality. In order to be God, and, and all traditions say that God is omnipotent, omniscient, and mm -hmm. omnipresent. Okay, so this perfection. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Part of its nature is to experience to experience the infinite number of possibilities. How can this perfection experience the infinite number of possibilities? There's only one way, and that is to willingly, lovingly, and selflessly take on ignorance. And that means, through the human being, to rely increasingly exclusively on the ego senses and unconscious mind rather than a four-part harmony where the ego senses and unconscious mind will support whatever superconscious wisdom from the Godhead is reflected into our conscious mind. Mm. It's... Um... It is a transformation. It is a growth. And we learn gnosis really is learn. Uh, gnosko is the word, but it's knowledge gained through experience. It's like, oh, I've been here before. The highest. That's the highest. That's I can the show you how to get out. That's right. I've been here before. And then we use it for ourselves, obviously, but we try to we try to help other people with it. Hey, I've been it's down there. It's all about service. It's all about service. It's all about service. Because it begins to help you. And somebody come, comes in your there's life no, who tells you, hey, don't go down that path. There's, there's no two. There's no other. Yes, the limitation of my brain and my senses. Mm -hmm. see, see two human beings right now. You have a body. I have a body. You have a mind. I have a mind. You have habits. I have habits. They're all different. But 
you're not your body, I'm not my body, you're not your mind, you're not, I'm not my mind, you're not your habits, I'm not my habits, because they're all changing. So there has to be something that never changes within each of you, within each of us. And that is, I am. Was there ever a time when that was not true, based on our memory? I am has always been true. And if we can find something between birth and death that has never changed, it will also be true before birth and after death of the human being. And it's this I amness, this beingness, this awareness. Uh -huh. That's why Jesus, speaking as the Christ, not as the Nazarene, but as the Christ, says, before Abraham was, mm -hmm. I am. Always been. Right? Because he's not talking about the body. He's talking about consciousness. And similarly, Moses, he's in, he's in the desert. He's in front of a bush. It's on fire, but it's not being consumed. So he knows he's on holy ground. So he asks the bush, who are you? And what does the bush reply? I am that I am. Oh, Moses has an epiphany, and yet a bubble from the unconscious mind in the form of fear comes up in Moses' consciousness and says, well, I'm a little concerned, I'm a little worried. I have to go back and tell the Hebrew people who has sent me. Who am I going to say has sent me? And what does the bush say? Tell the Hebrew people that I am has sent you. So this I amness, this beingness, this awareness, this consciousness is closer to us than our own breath. Yeah. Yep. And whatever spirit we think Holy Spirit is the holy breath. It's always been there. That's what the word means, spirit. Holy Spirit is the holy breath. It's always been there. It just wasn't holy in your mind. When it becomes holy, and every breath is a prayer and every and God is as close as your next breath. And, you know, and so that allows you to experience it. And like you said, through um, some type of experiment, let me breathe and let me feel and let me let me ponder what it would be like without the breath. Let me and go into let me co and let me coordinate all the four functions of the mind because the mind moves first. The body follows. I can't raise my hand without first entertaining a thought, and every action brings a consequence. Um, the the I am, and uh, one of the beautiful things that I, that I learned, that I think that really helped me with awakening, if if you will, was um, knowing the latter half of that I am as well. Like I am that I am. Just tell them I am, but. When you break down the word in the Hebrew name, it goes a little bit further. It's I am that I am and I will be whatsoever I will be. And it's like whatever you think I am, I am. Whatever name you give me, I'll, I have become it. Whatever you need, I will become. Creator, destroyer, friend, foe. Okay, now we got we to gotta experiment with this. Like how close are you? How... How many of my prayers, how many of my thoughts, you know, and it just, I will be whatsoever I will be. Then we start looking at the names of God in the Bible. 
I am this, I am that, I am this, I am Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, I'm your peace, I'm your provider, I'm your friend, I'm your husband, I'm this, I'm that. You're like, oh my goodness, it's everything that I need and more, and I'm your sustenance and stuff, and and it, it changes the limitations, because then people can will I say, read, go ahead. Can I read something to you? Yes. This is, this is from my first book, Heart and Science of Yoga. It's a, a little poem. Sorry. It says this, the oceans surge, the rivers roll in me, in me, in me. The flowers smile, the zephyrs blow in me, in me, in me. Big fairs are held and battles raged in me, in me, in me. The mountains heave and nature blooms in me, in me, in me. The comets fly and meteors die. Cold winds sigh and thunders cry. In me, in me, in me. The foe contends, the friend defends. The mother sleeps, the baby weeps. In me, in me, in me. As, as within, so without, as above, so below. Right. And it's going on, it's taking place outside of, it is taking place in, in, in the book and in the analogy and in, in the allegory as you read it. But all of that is coming out of the mind and it's taking place, like you just said, within me, because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The kingdom, everything that you're looking for is within. We've been so deceived to think that anything was outside of ourselves. The, you know, the rationale, the teacher, the, the learning, um, even there's a beautiful scripture in First um, uh, John that it says, you need not any man to teach you, but the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. And and men do teach us, right? you know, but it's deeper. It's not the man. It's the spirit that speaks through the man. When it's time for you to get a concept, when it's time for you to learn you're going to get it. If not, it's going to go over your head. You're not going to pay attention. It's not going to stick. Um, it, it may plant a seed that, that sprouts later. But when it's time for you to get something, it doesn't matter who is saying it. Like Balaam riding the donkey. The donkey spoke to him and he learned. It doesn't matter who is your teacher. You, you hear the voice of what we are called God in all these other things. And for comparative theology and, and syncretism, it's it's a, such a uh, a beautiful experience to see him in the very thing that you hate. And for many, many religious people, it's other religions. You were taught to hate them. You were taught that they were different or they needed something that you had. And, and in the very opposite was true. You needed something that they had. And so until you could get it, until you can train your mind that God is speaking through the birds, God is speaking through my dog, it's speaking through the television through every book that I, that I read, what comes to me in meditations and downloads and in those moments, things begin to become a lot more fun. You're never alone. It is more creative. Um, you begin to trust those intuitions that are good. And, um, and, and we begin to follow that voice that's in the wilderness, no matter where you are, it's speaking and, and it's an, ev it's an evolution. And I, and I say that as someone who is awake, but I know that 
it's only just begun. It just continues. And for you as well, like it just can, you continue to grow and, and find new ways that, that uh, the Holy Spirit, that God, that the breath is speaking to you um, and, and moving to you and through you and inspiring, inspiring you to, to help others and to help yourself at the same time. And it's this, this whole song and dance of learning. And you mentioned, you mentioned um, Paul McCartney and these people who are channeling, if you will, this mm -hmm. essence, the, the, they learned the song of the creator, which is a song of love. And it, it is the flow state. Um, and you mentioned these guys and, uh, but you also mentioned prophets and oracles who kind of deliver and poetically state these truths and articulate them in song and in allegory and the prophets in the scriptures they they were they had schools of prophets where they trained you on this and they were really big into music anyway like music accompanied those guys so there was right. there, there's a reason for that but it's to to learn that universal song and and hear that voice and just repeat it right and and uh and there's many different ways to do it right right so there's a beautiful quote of jesus speaking as the christ uh written uh in the gospel of thomas the twin of jesus something to the effect that if you bring forth that which is within you, that which is within you will save you. If you do not bring forth that which is within you, that which is within you will destroy you. So we need to counsel within. We have to use our conscience to reflect superconscious wisdom from the center of consciousness and then turn it into our thoughts, our words, and our actions in the world. So, uh, in our culture, there is, there is no desire to go within. It's all about manipulating, controlling, Material. obliterating, going out mm -hmm. to, to make me happy and to bring me things that are pleasant. But the key to successful living is to balance and unite the inner with the outer so that they're not separate they're not in conflict so we counsel within in order to know how to act without and what we're experiencing other people are experiencing too right mm -hmm. so that's why it's good to share our, our our stories and not hide it from the world don't, don't hide your struggle show people how you got through it and uh, vocalize it through a song through a meditation through a prayer you know, and to tap into that with other yeah, we're people. Both, we're both singing a song right now. We've been singing a song since mm -hmm. we started this program. How do we, um, how do we kickstart it? Is that meditation and mindfulness? Is there ways to go in and, and like commune and like have that almost kickstart it? Yeah, I want to be conscious. I feel like there's, there's things that we do in, in meditation and in prayer and in the, in the secret place of what Jesus called it, where stuff, things start there. And then the we ask a question in prayer and then we see a billboard two days later. That is the answer to this thing that you've put, put out into your mind, really. And, and now you begin to see it everywhere. Wow, I asked this question. Now I'm seeing it in television programs and the sermon the pastor was speaking. And, and it, 
how do we start that? I feel like there's something that is is needed about sitting in silence, even going within on a journey. And we learn that we get I feel we get better at that. Is that something we can do, I'd say, to kick to kickstart that process or to get clear on some things? Meditation uh, is invaluable. This is the key uh, to uh, learning how to coordinate the functions of the mind so that there will be a reduction in the conflict in the mind. Remember that if there's conflict in the mind, that's the mother of all problems. And so meditation trains the mind to receive skill sets, tools, if you will. Mm -hmm. First of all, one-pointed attention. It learns to train the mind and the energy of the mind to focus, just like a laser, on one object only. In our tradition, it's mantra, which is the name of the supreme intelligence. And every tradition has mantras. Just the name of Jesus yeah. is a mantra. But it's not the meaning, it's the vibration. Jesus. Jesus. And when we do that, the mind, which is already habituated to thinking, will bring forth a distraction, a thought, an image, a sound. Mm -hmm. And so what we do in meditation is we create a space between stimulus and response. And what's inside that space between stimulus and response? Freedom to check with our conscience to determine what to do with this distraction. Of course, going in in meditation is the only time that any distractions are always to be sacrificed just for the sake of an experiment to train the mind. Yeah, that's that's what I've always done. But are we putting off things like those distractions are like, hey, you've been you've been you need to do these other things like so when I go within, I try to make sure that I do my chores for the day or whatever I need to do just because I know it's going to come up. Hey, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. And getting clear, these things come to you. Some people will say, okay, whatever comes to you. Well, that's you not meditation. To... Okay. That's contemplation. That's contemplation. Mm -hmm. It's a different practice. Mm -hmm. in, in meditation, there's only one object, and that's the mantra. And when, when you can focus on the one mantra for 60 seconds, start small, then you get one point of attention, you get detachment from stimulus and response, you get wisdom, and you get willpower that you can use in every relationship. That was the Jesus mantra you just did. It was in a song. Jesus. It reminded me of that. Um, That's cool. Yeah, going, going within. And uh, do we have... So there's just... Um, we, we had a... Obviously, it's in, infinite potential, right? If that's where we're going in to commune with a, a being or that which is, is that which is infinite, 
um, and we go in through meditation, the possibilities are, are endless. Is it, do you find next steps in the journey? Do you find? They find me. <laughs> through, they through, find me. Through my meditation job, as you become open conduit? My, my job is simply to bring yesterday and tomorrow into today and bring today into now. And in the now, in the present moment, simply serve the wisdom of the conscience. And in that process, a new constellation of relationships will be formed, which I will be serving. And that just brings me my purpose and my reward. When you do that, do you do you commune with other beings, God, that that supreme God is it creative? Does it? How, how can you not commune with God? Well, I mean, some I'm, people would say, I'm especially, especially with God right with, now, especially with the mind, they don't personify it. I'll say that. Does it? Does, does it personify to you as a father, as a friend, as as in, as uh, love? You know that kind of thing where you can. Like our minds are set up in such a way where we, where we have to give these things names. We have to give them personas to, okay. Well, that we're way. operating on two different levels of consciousness. So the human uh, level uh, is dependent on these. And so we honor that, but we also have a higher perspective so we can transcend that. Mm -hmm. And just all that is, and it's all the same thing. I know what you're That's saying. Right. I'm the same way. Our, our relationships change with, with such beings or sit, situations and circumstances as our conscience, learn, as we learn. Um, you know, in, in, in my youth, I was, um, you know, I, I battled my demons and, uh, and I wanted anything for them to be gone and to be banished and, and never remind me and never, never come back into my life and those kind of things. And I scarcely made it out. It was a very hard time in my life. And, and many of us have those those experiences but now coming full circle i'm thankful for those demons for the creator for this god for allowing me sending them to my life allowing me to be conscious and, and to learn they were my greatest teachers hey there's things that you do that um have consequences and this, this negative stuff that you're doing opens you up for negative energies and negative people and negative this and negative that. And when everything around you, especially when it comes to spiritual and you can see into that world, you get to see what you're dealing with. Um, it was very scary. I, again, one thing I wanted to, to bring up earlier as you're talking about this, this conversation is schizophrenia. Um, I was going schizophrenic. I had voices speaking to me that weren't polite they were pulling me in portals and trances all in my head and i would it was scary i couldn't control it anymore and i was a teenager and i had to find solace and that's why i begged i asked for christ to come into my life again and i got better and um no medicine just prayer devotion and that pro started that process of changing my life and uh, so but i'm thankful for that stuff you know i'm, I'm thankful i went through it versus so my relationship with those demons are not like, you know, damn you. It's, hey, God, hey, I respect their position, their message, and what they taught me. Just like in school, we have teachers who we don't like or they're hard on us. Some some people in school, like when, it's, when the kids get act out, at least when we were younger, you got a paddling. 
You got discipline, and it was only certain teachers who would do it. You had to go see the coach. You'd go have to see the principal. It wasn't your math teacher that was going (laughs) to paddle you. It was was a hard lesson. Hard lesson. But it was a good lesson because we knew uh, uh, what it really meant. There was consequences. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. So in in that, the, the schizophrenia with this dialogue, could that be a really heightened or really loud, constant dialogue that an individual hasn't learned to turn up or down. And you have all of these, all those voices are speaking, right? But they're still, they're soft. You know, you said that, but we get loud voices sometimes. We get, there's some, we can't sleep. We lay our head on our pillow and we're plagued. But when an individual will have all of these ideas and this and that, and my mom said this and, ego says pay them back conscience says no and it's a war in your head do you think that that could be what a lot of individuals are experiencing as schizophrenia I I would think so I would think so and that's that just speaks to the importance of coordinating the functions of the mind even recognizing that I have functions of the mind that need to be coordinated so that I can see the agenda behind the ego's recommendations, the senses recommendations, the unconscious's recommendations, and know that the key is always going to be the superconscious wisdom reflected by the conscience. But all roads lead to where we stand. Those, those trials that you have gone through, that every human being goes through on some level, have brought us to this moment. Yeah, that's why I'm thankful, for sure. That's right. I wasn't at first. I became thankful. Well, it's a journey. The whole Mm. thing is a journey. It's not the destination. Yeah. And it's an eternal journey. And that's God, too, right? Again, to say that that wasn't God or God didn't have his hand in that or something. There's nothing that is not God. There you go. It's dualism. It's duality. It's that's it's, right. It's separateness. Well, it, and that, but 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 that's the prison in which human beings live. Duality. I am separate. That's original sin, right? And uh, it that happens very honestly uh, during the birth experience. During the birth experience, you know, we don't we don't have any experience uh, 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 with the senses, mm-hmm. and yet even though the eyes cannot focus and see. The light is relatively blinding from, you know, being uh, in mama's womb and 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 we're swallowing. So we're tasting for the first time. What is that? And the smells. What's that? And the sounds, the sounds are so loud relative to what I was just listening to. Mama's heart beating and and her belly gurgling and her little prayers as she uh, rubbed her belly. Mm hmm. Now you're getting and, shots and, and you're getting pulled and there's men and, in your and, face. You know, and, when we're born, we have no clothes on. And, yeah. and so it's cold. And and yet that that dis-ease and anxiety that I feel as a newborn stops immediately when all of my attention goes down to my mother's breast and I begin nursing at her nipple. Then I'm not so concerned about the light or the smells or the taste or the sounds or the touch. I'm in bliss. I'm in fullness. <laughs> and in that moment, me, 
this newborn baby make my first ignorant conclusion that I am a separate entity and Mama is a separate entity and certain objects in the material world, wherever it is that I am right now, have some power to make me happy and eliminate my pain. And that creates a channel, a deep channel, a crater in the unconscious mind. And as I get, a, as I grow and I get a, a bottle of milk, the channel gets deeper. And I identify my happiness with the milk. When uh, my uncle give, and aunt give, uh, uh, comes uh, for my birthday and they give me a stuffed animal, that makes me happy and the channel gets deeper. Always thinking that objects and relationships in the material world have some magical power to make me happy and eliminate my pain. It's just not true. Reward. In fact, in Sanskrit, the word mama means mine. This is mine. Hmm. It's, the course, it's the reward. It's the reward. And and they've done yeah. studies on children, like of of showing them consequence and, and reward for doing certain things and and a, a child getting uh discipline for not eating their food and and uh and then the other child who who wouldn't eat it, they begin to eat because they see the consequence and they see what's coming. So we're picking up these these habits that if we do good deeds and we do good works, then we get rewarded. Um or, or, or we're a good child, right? The, you, the bad child goes to time out. The one, and and not everything that you've done was bad. You know, Kanye West there is, is no a, bad. There is no good. Only thinking makes it so. That's what Shakespeare says. I'm with Shakespeare. Kanye West talks about when he was a kid, he'd stand up on the table and dance and stuff and entertain his family. And it wasn't bad until he got a spanking, and now, now there's no more entertaining on the table. You know, and and was it really that? What he was doing was bad. No, but now in his head, he's got the synapses that says, "Yeah, don't don't do that again," and uh, and and we learn. And then when you say religion, you know, and, and original sin, um, that's the uh, the idea that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, the gospel is what Christ, like, cleanses your mind from that. It's really what it is. It's like, no, you're not a sinner. You're the beloved of God. So much so that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I want you, I want to get you back to that innocence that you had. So the guilt, the shame, the condemnation that touch not, taste not, drink not, get, get, get rid of that, that God will accept you if you clean yourself up. You know, that's what much, much religion says, like clean yourself up and then God will accept you. It's like, no, that cleaning up process is just letting go of obstacles. 
that are in the unconscious mind, these, these dark boulders that are blocking the light. It's, it's, um, it's, it's God that has accept you and would never reject his creation uh, is what gives you the power to do so. As long as you got guilt, shame, and condemnation on you, you're not changing anything. You're wallowing in it. You don't have the power. You, you're around people who are in the same situation. It takes some kind of um, moment of bliss, moment to, to see the light, whether that's a near-death experience, whether that's learning from somebody else who's in front of you. My brother, I seen him go ahead of me and somebody that I looked up to for a long time just like you said, Elvis, I looked up to my brother, but I was like, uh, I may not want to do those things because the outcome is never good, you know, and I get to learn from other people and, you know, drug addicts so, and things. And hey, I don't, I need to stay away from that. You so know, before, before I have to go, can I just read just a little bit uh, right on this topic from uh, the, you know, my, my new book, Your Conscience? Let's do it. Okay. It'll just take a minute. It goes like this. Let's begin our exploration with an old mythological story about the beginning of time. Long ago, when the universe was being created and everything was just about ready to go live, the creator realized that there was one final task to complete. So an angel was summoned. When the angel arrived, the supreme intelligence a.k.a. God, Adonai, Allah, Brahman, Divine Mother, Great Spirit, told the angel that there was one last job to do before the universe could be fully functional. I saved the best for last, the Creator told the angel. In my hands, I hold the key for accessing the highest wisdom, the power to creatively resolve all of life's challenges. This sacred treasure is of infinite value. And when it is finally found, human beings will know its blessings to be inexhaustible. We need to find a safe place to protect this treasure. So the angel agreed to the task and offered up an idea. I will hide the treasure of life on top of the highest mountain peak. The treasure will be too easy to find there, replied the creator. Okay, said the angel, then I'll hide your treasure in the middle of the largest and driest desert on planet Earth. Surely they won't look there. No, too easy. In the vast reaches of the universe, asked the angel. That would definitely make for a demanding search. But no, the creator said while contemplating. And then in a flash of supreme genius, these words were spoken by the Creator. I've got it. Hide the highest wisdom of life within human beings. They will look their last and know how precious and how valuable this treasure is. Yes, hide the treasure there. There's so many beautiful analogies in that. And the creator speaks to us through analogies within our own life, within the scriptures. They're so beautiful, like even the, the buried treasure, you know, do you remember the uh, the uh, the parable of of um, the the treasure that's buried in a field and, and it was so valuable and worth so much that 
the person ended up selling everything that they own, all of their possessions in order to go and buy that field because I know that there's a hidden treasure there in it for me that's worth way more than what I currently possess now. So the the, the beauty of analogy, and I know that's near and dear to your heart, uh, analogies and, and the, sure. uh, you know, all of the, the metaphors. There was an interesting one uh, two days ago, three days ago on the podcast. And I was just kind of in the flow talking about these analogies and, and talking about, um, momentary pleasures, instant gratification, how we got to stay away from that. And I remember when, when that, when, when that word hit me and it was in a truth, I was reading a book by Manly P Hall, uh, about magic. And a lot of it was about dark, white, black, and gray. And he just explains the differences and some cool stuff there. But at the end, he started talking about staying away from instant gratification and we need to tap into delayed gratification. And then I heard entrepreneurs and people who deal with money and finances and stuff, they start talking about it. Then I'm thinking about a seed and we put a seed in the ground and we got to continue to water it. And then once it sprouts up, we got to make sure it gets sunlight and, and proper shade and, and continue to cultivate it. And it's like, this is the, this is something that I plant now that's going to feed me and my family for maybe generations to come. It's not instant. The work is today. I got to put in work, but it's going to continue to gift to me later, whether that's a book, whether that's a, a, a music and royalties that continue to pay. There's so much more love, joy, peace, paying it forward continues to pay. And, and that, that subject is so near and dear to my heart. But I was thinking about the analogy of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. And I know you know this movie, but it just hit me out of nowhere in this free flow. And I'm thinking of all of these kids are, are, have won the chance to take the tour of, of the factory of all of these delicacies and delicious chocolates and, and, and new candies that nobody's ever tasted before. But uh, Willy Wonka's like, here, you take this, you take that. He, so he gave the kids candy as they're going through the tour. But they're like, no, I want I don't want this. I want that. So all of the kids like gave into the instant gratification. I need to eat this chocolate. I'm going to swim in the, the chocolate river. It's like, no, you can't contaminate it. And there's all these rules that they broke to get the instant gratification. And in the end, we see Charlie, who was essentially given the keys to the kingdom. He was given the keys to the factory, the key to limitless potential of a happy life, of a good life, limitless wisdom. And uh, because he was faithful with the, the task at hand where he could have joined the kids and, and ate all the candy and, and, and they had consequences and the, the keys were, were, were given to him because he chose delayed gratification. And I know he was tempted. He, he wanted it looked fun. The kids were getting it and rubbing it in his face. But just the analogy in that movie where he was given even charge over the precious Oompa Loompas and <laughs> Willie had to, he had Willie Wonka had to find somebody he can trust. And I feel like that same is with God. I got to make sure I can trust you. Are you going to do the right thing? Or are you going to yell at this person in traffic? Are you going to swerve at them? Are you going to throw trash and out the window like there's so everything is a test everything is a is an experiment as you said for us to move deeper and deeper into this oneness and literally embrace the keys of the kingdom of the heavens to go within and be at peace with god and be at peace with with everyone around us leonard thanks for coming on the show your book My is pleasure. the key to unlock limitless wisdom and creativity 
and solve all of life's challenges. It is the conscience, your conscience. Where can people go to get a copy of the book, to listen to your lectures and, and learn what, what you're bringing to the table? Where's the best place for people to check out your work? Uh, we have two websites. The book has a, a website, yourconscience.org, yourconscience.org. And then uh, I founded in 1996 the American Meditation Institute. That's where I teach. And uh, that website, uh, listing all classes and lectures, is AmericanMeditation.org. Awesome, awesome. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation. Enjoyed connecting with you, picking your brain. Again, I love this subject, and I'm a student of it. Thanks so much for hanging out with me, and uh, we'll have to do it again. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. All right, Leonard, many blessings, brother. Thanks for coming on. God bless you. All right, shalom. Thank you. Thank you. Leonard, Leonard Perlmutter, Perlmutter, ladies and gentlemen, enjoyed it. Good talk. Exploring consciousness, exploring your conscience, because God speaks, the Holy Spirit speaks to and through your conscience, you know, and I think that as we, you know, study, even myself, it's like, okay, is God, is the Holy Spirit, is it your conscience that's speaking to you and rationalizing? No, it's like, your conscience mind, the egoic mind, the super conscience and, and, and the unconscious. And there was one more, but that's what, that's how we decipher all of the information, the five senses and logic, ego, conscience, and unconscious. That's how we decipher, decipher what spirit is saying, what God is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. You have to decipher it. So I don't think it is your conscience, right? But it's how you you respond and how you receive and you know we talk about the third eye the mind's eye and that, and how that allows you to to see and, and to hear in the spirit and and to have your mind let your eye be single and not be double-minded because the bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways because you're divided you're divided and so you have to get clear and that's through testing that is through trial that is through study that is through experiment and and seeing the results that that come about uh, making the right decisions over and over just like teaching your egoic mind that hey it's okay every creator everybody who births something and starts something even people who are like really confident most of them go through like questioning the, themselves and having the the ego still jump in and say hey don't do it remember what happened last time but it's about you identifying the voice of you would say the your adversary the devil and not choose the egoic mindset the, the ego will, will tell you don't do it yeah don't do it and it's something that you really should do. It's a dream. It's a vision that you have for yourself. They're going to make fun of you. You know, I deal with, with healers and I deal with coaches and stuff. And many people are already trained in all of this stuff and are already ready to launch and to birth whatever it is that they want to do. But the only thing that is stopping them is fear. Fear of ridicule. Fear of what others are going to say. FOMO. Fear of missing out. There's this... Um, place in their head like you can't go live on Facebook and read tarot cards because your mom's going to see it. You did what? 
You did what? Because these people know you. They know you. So there's the, the, the fear of being an imposter because they know the real you. They know that you were struggling last week, but this, this week you're praying for people and giving uh, advice, you know, and, and you were asking for advice last week. And so there's all of these reasons that pop up not to. And they exist for a reason. I think that you should take them into consideration. Like Leonard said, sit down and we're about to have a sit down. Okay, why should I do it? Why shouldn't I do it? You need a team. You need a team with you that you can discuss things. Should I do this? No. Versus acting on impulse. Anything worth doing is worth doing right. And I think that as you get better at this, you're able to do all you bet you're able to have that sit down in the matter of a second and you just know there's a feeling that comes with it that when when your conscious is speaking and it's saying yeah do it you need to do it. this is what we've been we've been waiting for this conversation i'll talk to people and uh and they'll ask me um uh, if i'm interested in doing things and um we have Will you, you know, will you do the interview on my podcast? Will you come here for this speaking engagement, this event? Will you do it? And back in the day in, in the church realm, I, there was a lot of Christians who would do that. And they would say, let me pray about it. Let me pray about it. And like every opportunity they had, they say, let me pray about it. And uh, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, and it seemed like it was a no. Like they just didn't want to let the person down. Because somebody would ask me a question. I'd, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Because I would automatically feel a resonance. You know, I would feel that resonance. And I would know that this was something that, that I wanted to do. Unless it was something really big. And I needed other people's opinions. And my wife and those kind of things. I said, well, let me talk to my wife. Let me see. Make sure we ain't got nothing going on. And let me get back with you. But as far as me wanting to do it. Like I would feel instantly. And I still do it. But I remember a lot of the, the Christians would say, yeah, let, let me pray about it first, man. Let's just be sure. Let's pray about it. But that was their way of blowing you off, it seemed like. But then again, maybe they weren't trained on taking those tests over and over and knowing what brings them joy and knowing what, what the future holds and what opportunity was. Maybe they weren't trained on that to do that within a second. Maybe them going back and taking it in, in prayer was the long version of let me get a yes or a no on this on this the subject or situation maybe they had to go back to the table which was a process of 20 minutes okay ego uh we're gonna do this no no don't do it because truth seeker is blah, 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 blah. don't do it you know in this planning committee that goes on within your head 
you know, and um, versus an instant, an inner knowing, a quickening in the spirit that you've trained yourself to say, yep, let's do it. I'm good. And it's not to say that you didn't listen to the conscience. You didn't listen to the ego, but that you knew instantly because there was a peace about it. You already knew in your spirit. If you got a check in your spirit, it's not to say yes to everything, but if you got a check in your spirit and you say, no, I ain't doing that. I'm not, you was, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I, I just don't feel it, you know? And maybe that's what those people would, would do, but just say that they were praying about it and, and getting a little bit deeper and a little bit clearer. Um, the more that you make the right decision, the more that you say yes, to your calling, to your destiny, to those things that are here to help you. Um, and most of you know what that is on the inside. Um, the more you say yes, you begin to learn. There's a pattern. There's a, there is, a, even with that, a reward system. Again, of the the, the child who gets rewarded with, with uh, toys and, and, and money when you, do your, you, when you do your chores and things like that. There's a reward system. There's also a reward system in the spirit, whether that's uh, bliss that overcomes you, through meditation and through prayer, because I, I I can say unequivocally that I have clean hands and a pure heart, that I can stand before the Creator without having anything that separates us. Your sin is what separates you. It's missing the mark. It's doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. So that step that creates a, a tear. It creates double-mindedness in the mind. So you can't stand and look up to heaven and raise holy hands everywhere because there's something that you're ashamed of. There is a guilt and condemnation there. So you have to make sure that every area of your life is submitted to Christ, that there's no area in your life that you're holding back from God. And it's just, it's, this is for me. No, God is in all and, and through all. And God is my champion. God wants good things for me. You got to change the way you, you view and see God. There's a lot of people who um, see religion and, and, and these things as, they're supposed to be a suffering servant. So your, your revelation changes in the way you respond. So the more you do the right thing, the closer you get and the more familiar you get with that reward system. And the more that you say yes, the more that you do the right thing, the more natural it becomes because you you're used to the feeling you're used to success you're used to money you've been trusted with it you know and you just go deeper and deeper into that learning and you open up realms for abundance for yourself you open up realms for better relationships everything better everything gets an upgrade because you're worth it and you know it not everybody knows it. So what does it take? It takes experience. It takes stepping out. And know that nobody's going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Getting clear on your conscience. Because the Bible talks about people who have moved forward in lies and hypocrisy. They've lived a double life. You're double-minded. They went against their conscience so many times that the scripture says that their conscience is now seared with a hot iron. It's seared. It, it doesn't really even work anymore because you're so you forgot how to use it. It's 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 calloused. 
because you've 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 trained you've learned just as you've learned people can learn to do the right thing you've learned how to shut that voice down and now the voice doesn't speak speak to you as clearly anymore because the other louder voices are there what is that the voice of the ego the voice of the devil the voice of your mom the voice of the accuser they speak louder than the voice of the conscience or the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you because it's been seared with a hot iron because you've agreed with a lie. So you have to get clear on that, on, on what is truth and what is holding you back from allowing that, that free flow of grace and creativity to flow to and through you. Do it with a clear conscience. Not everybody can. You know, I have a lot of friends of mine who who uh, maybe start out in church and things like that, and then they fall into uh, tough times, and maybe they get on drugs, and maybe they get into relationships, and they do th they do those things against their conscience. Like, they do things knowing that they shouldn't, and they just continue to do it, and then they live in it, and then a month pass, and then a year, two years, three years pass by. And so they they have this condemnation, they have this guilt and shame that comes with them because they've been living two lives. There's this conscience life that they've trained in union with God and the Holy Spirit and the scriptures and to do what is right, but then they do what is wrong against it, knowingly. Listen, it's not in your ignorance. We talked about this the other day. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There's grace for your ignorance, but it's when you willingly step out against it. When they say, hey, don't eat that candy, Baruch salt, don't eat that, and you do it anyway. Okay, well, the, the consequences, whatever comes, you're, you've said you're you're willing to deal with that. And I don't want to go back down that, that rabbit trail, even though all this is connected, but I talked about it on the last, at the end of the last podcast. Um, but those people would, would have that guilt, shame, and condemnation. And they'll say, you know, I've heard people say, I don't want to let God down, man. I don't want to come back. And I don't want to, I don't want to say, yeah, because I think that God doesn't love me or, or God has given up on me or whatever. And there's all of these weird excuses that, that are beliefs in their head. They genuinely believe this stuff. But my reply to them is, listen, it's not too late for you. It's never too late for you. Why? Because you have a conviction. The conviction is still yet there. Yeah, it's buried under other excuses and a lifestyle and habits. But the conviction is still there. So as long as that conviction is still there and there's still breath, there's still hope. There's still hope. Because people do the same thing that you're convicted about, even though you've continued to do it anyway, there's people who move into the realm where they're no longer convicted of doing that anymore. Because they've shut down the voice of their conscience, the voice of God, of their intuition, God that speaks through that, they've shut it down and they've learned how to quiet it down. No, 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 no. Boom, it's gone. Okay, it's gone. And you start responding to that. When you look at, you know, people who are just habitual, doing crazy sins, let's say murder. You hear about people like um, Jeffrey Dahmer and um, Ted Bundy and these guys. Like the first time it was like, oh, wow, I can't believe I just did that. You know, they step out and they did something they knew they shouldn't do. But eventually they get used to it. Okay, this is. They rationalize the cost of a human life and what a life is worth. And um, they give in to the egoic mind or the animalistic nature 
And so something that was shocking at first is now normal. There's normalcy to it. And there is not, now no more conviction over that. When the Bible talks about your conscience is seared with a hot iron, that's what it's talking about. There is no conviction. There is no, I can't believe I just did that. Help me. Um, and I want to stop. It's gone. But as long as you still have that, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, there's grace for you. And there's still hope. Because you are convicted. You don't want to do it. You don't wake up and want to do those bad things. You fall into it. You want to do what's right. But because of circumstance, because of situation, because of habit, and because of your environment, that all of those things can change, mind you. They can be retrained and re retaught. Your diet can be retrained and retaught. Your taste buds, all of it. But you got to show some resistance. The Bible says in James 4, 7, one of my favorite scriptures, I'm going to be doing pre-order um, autographed copies of my album. And I've always signed my autographs with this scripture. I write my name and I write the scripture, James 4, 7, because it's one of the first scriptures I learned that really helped me. But it speaks to this. It says, therefore, submit yourselves unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw near to you. Show some resistance. Show some resistance to that thing that you're doing that you wish you wouldn't. Take a stand. Put your foot down. Whatever habitual thing that is, show some resistance and then rely on God. Ask God for help. I can't do it on my own strength. I fail every time. Submit yourself to God in that in that realm, in that mindset. Ask for help. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's temptation. For every temptation you have, have, God has offered you a way out. For every comfort you have that's hurting you. What is comfort that's hurting you? Instant gratification because in the moment it feels good. But there's no lasting or long-term results. Delayed gratification is the way to go. I know I've been on this really really strong because I know somebody who's listening that needs this. You need it. Don't give up on your dreams. They haven't give, given up on you. But there's things that you got to do in order to embrace it. Things you got to let go of. Things you got to embrace. So do what is right. Even when nobody's looking. Because somebody's always looking. You entertain spirits unaware. And you don't even know it. With that, I'm going to say peace and shalom. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Enjoyed this. Um, the White Magic pre-order is available at truthseeker.com. I'm sending those out right after this to those who have already pre-ordered. You're going to get the uh, digital downloads in your email. You'll also get that on Patreon too. So if you're just a patron and you didn't get the physical copy, um, you'll have it there. But go to truthseeker.com to get all the information on everything that I bring to the table. My eight-week program that launches healers launches intuitives to be a part of that to be trained and to step out and do the very things that i'm doing i want to train you in it um the uh, uh retreat that we got coming up with myself in illuminati congo he's featured on two tracks on the new album by the way but we have a retreat coming up in november it is a co-ed retreat boys and girls are invited and if you want to be a part of that there's six tickets left so go to truthseeker.com to get that info and with that i'm gonna say peace and shalom thanks everybody for all of the support. Again, if you want to support my work, go to Patreon, patreon.com 
backslash truth seeker. It's the best way to support the work. Many blessings to you. We'll do it again very soon, ladies and gentlemen. Peace, peace. episode folks to hear more episodes of the truth seeker podcast head over to truthseeker.com and if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards go to our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truth seeker